Welcome to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Colbert Durand, and this is a bonus episode for those of you local to us in the Toronto area and enjoy the game of golf. I'm going to give you the 10 best public courses in Toronto accessible by the TTC. And this is my top 10 golf courses in Toronto for beginners. Now, in order to qualify for this comparison review, it has to be a course that I've actually played at and taken the actual TTC to get there. Okay, these are not courses that I've specifically driven to. I've actually taken the TTC to all the courses that are on my list, and that means they are within the Greater Toronto Area and accessible by TTC. So this is Toronto Prime. Now, I want to begin with one additional course that I want to kind of give an honorable mention here because I left it off the list. Even though it is a golf course in Toronto, I consider it more of a practice area, and that's the Par 3 Executive Dentonia Park Golf Course. This is a fantastic course to learn the game. I don't consider it a full course because you're not allowed to use woods there. You can't use a driver. You can't use fairway woods. The longest thing you can hit is a hybrid. That's it. So because of that, I kind of decided to leave it off the list. It's more of a sort of short game practice area and approach skills practice area. But it is a golf course that I think all beginners should spend some time on in order to hone those skills. So when they do play on a larger course they feel confident the closer they get to the green. Now, there are six categories that I judged each course on, and I weighted each category for what I believe beginners need to worry about most. And the first category is length, right? The last thing a beginner wants to do is step onto a course that's extremely long and have absolutely no chance of ever making par just due to length. So I put length as the number one criteria as to whether or not it's a course is suitable for a beginner. And number two, I put hazards, and hazards include the traditional hazards like water hazards, bunkers, force carries, but I also include things like trees, very thin fairways, fescue, right, out-of-bounds areas that are extremely close to the actual landing area. These are criteria that beginners will just get frustrated with if there's too much of that on a course. At number three, I put variety, and variety is sort of a weird thing here because as much as it's nice to play a course that has a lot of variety to it, it can be difficult for beginners if every hole is so significantly different than the last that it becomes hard for them to get into a rhythm or really make decisions as to what clubs they want to hit off the tee. So variety is sort of a, it's sort of a positive and a negative here. A lot of variety can make a course enjoyable, but it can also make it frustrating for beginners, so I factor that in number three. At number four, I put the first hole. Now, the first hole is how intimidating the very first hole on the course is, and this includes whether or not the hole is difficult, if there's a lot of hazard trouble on it, does it have a forced carry, is it front and center where everybody waiting to get, you know, to for their tea time to come up can sit there and watch you. So it adds to that additional pressure because you feel like you're on display. This is something that a lot of beginners have a big issue with when they first get out there. So first hole made my list. At number five, I put amenities. Now amenities, we're getting into the area where this isn't so much about how difficult the course is to play, but how enjoyable it is to be at that particular course. And There are a number of things courses can have that can really make it a more enjoyable experience for a beginner, i.e. putting areas so they can get a feel for the greens and practice a little bit of putting before they get out on the course, whether or not it has 
hitting bays or an actual driving range so they can kind of loosen up and kind of get in the groove before they have to step on the first tee. Does it have a decent clubhouse or kind of marquee restaurant or something to go with it so that the experience is even heightened beyond the actual golf itself? I put amenities at number five. And then lastly, I put cost. Now, cost could be more important for some of you, but I don't want to make it a deciding factor. I will weigh it based on whether or not I believe these courses are of a fair value to the customer based on what you get as an experience at the course. And I'm going to begin with my list now. I'm going to start at number 10 and work my way down to number one. For each category, I'm going to give it a score between one and five. One being the worst, five being the best. And I'm also going to give you the distance in yards for the total course from the white tees. And I'm going to give you the number of holes plus what it plays to par. I'm going to begin at number 10 with Royal Woodbine Golf Club. It's 5,902 yards. It's an 18-hole par 72. For length, I gave it a 3 because it's got a couple of long par 5s, which can be daunting for beginners, and it's got some forced carries. For hazards, I gave it a 1. It's got a lot of water and a lot of trees, and that can be a problem for a lot of beginners. For variety, I gave it a 4. It's got a lot of interesting hole designs, but again, variety goes both ways. It's a fun course to play because of how different these holes can be, but it's also can be very difficult for a beginner because it takes them a while to get a feel for the course, or more importantly, a feel for which club to use in which situation. Its first hole score is a 2, because on the very first hole, it's got a forced carry, and worse than that, it's got a putting green. The practice putting green is very close to where you tee off at Royal Woodbine. So on busy days, you can have a lot of players practicing their putting before their round begins, and everybody stops for a second and watches as each person takes out the driver and tees off, so that can be very daunting for beginners. For amenities, I gave it a four because really, Royal Woodbine Golf Club has everything you need. Everything. It doesn't go above and beyond, but it's got everything you would require. And for cost, I gave it a one. And it's the most expensive golf course on this list, but that isn't everything, right? The total cost isn't what really factors in here. It's what you get for what you pay. And it gets a one because... I can get a very similar experience to Royal Woodbine from some of the other courses on this list for less money. In fact, I can get a better experience on some of the courses on this list for less money. So Royal Woodbine, maybe it's the Royal in the title and they think that justifies the increased price. But really, unless you find this for a deal on Underpar or Golf Now, it can be a little bit pricey for the value and experience you, achieve, you, you actually receive. At number nine, I've got Markham Green Golf Club. It's 2,789 yard, nine hole, par 36. For length, I'm giving it a three because it's got a couple of long par fours on it that even as a bogey golfer now, I can sometimes have difficulty reaching the green in, in regulation because of how long these par fours are, especially if there's a headwind that day. And I've played on windy days there. You got to treat some of those par fours like par fives. And for a total beginner, that's brutal. For hazards, I gave it a one. Okay. Markham Green Golf Club has literally water and trees everywhere. Everywhere. Like other than a couple of holes, like the other than the first hole, really. 
everywhere you look, you're going to see water on these holes or you're going to see some sort of tree trouble. So that can be a real challenge for beginners. And I'm glad this is not a course I played really early on in my golfing career. I found it a little bit later. And honestly, I'm glad I found it because it is a great course to play, especially if all you want to do is get out and play a quick nine. Because this used to be the IBM company's private course. It's a gorgeous course because of that. It's just a little bit tough and you've got to be aware of that. For variety, I gave it a two. And this is really factoring that it's a nine hole, right? If you're going out to play 18, you're playing every, every hole twice. And that kind of takes away a little bit of the variety. On top of that, there's very little elevation in this course. Everything's sort of flat, right? And most of it's just in right, right in front of you. It's just you got to watch out for the hazards as you're playing this course. So it gets a two. Its first hole score is a five because this is by far the best first hole for beginners of any course I've played, including courses outside of Toronto. Okay. It's number one, it's isolated. The very first hole is a significant distance away from the clubhouse. Far enough, in fact, that if you decide to walk the course, they generally have a chauffeur that takes you in a multi-person golf cart out to the first hole. It's that far away. So generally, when you go out to tee off, you're by yourself. You have, you have zero in the way of an audience, and that's pretty good for a beginner. Secondly, it's a relatively easy hole. It's a short par four, right? It's not long. There's very little in the way of sort of trouble on it. There is some danger down the right-hand side, but you have a wide open left-hand side to aim at, and it's a dogleg right. So really, that should be your target area anyways. And then the green has some minor bunker, bunker production, but that's about it. So this is a, a hole that most beginners could probably bogey. And once you've got a little bit of consistency in your swing, relatively easy to get a, a par here. And occasionally you'll even find yourself with a chance at birdie. So I love this first hole. It's by far the best first hole <laughs> in the city, really, for a beginner. But unfortunately, the course is long and daunting with a lot of hazards. So I can't really suggest it. And cost, I'll give it a two. Now, I mean, it's it's not expensive, okay? But competitively speaking, because it's a nine-hole course, if you do decide to play 18 holes, you're paying about as much as, they say, a typical 18-hole course, but you're really just getting two nines. So that sort of takes away from the value, and that's why it gets a two. At number eight, I've got Don Valley Golf Club. And, I mean, everybody who golfs in Toronto has heard of Don Valley Golf Club. It's a gorgeous course. I mean. Quite literally, it looks like a private club, although it is public. It is one of the most picturesque courses in Toronto. It's 5,625 yards. It's an 18-hole par 72. For length, I gave it a 3 because, just like Markham Green, it's got some very long par 4s. For hazards, I gave it a 1 because this is a tough, tough course. It's got very tight fairways. It's got a lot of -of out-of-bounds areas that kind of come into play protected greens, forced carries. This is a tough course to play. Generally speaking, I suggest beginners don't go there too early on in their golfing career. That goes for the first three courses, really. Royal Woodbine, Markham Green, Don Valley. Once you've kind of developed a more consistent swing and some consistency to your game, these are great courses to try out. But as a total beginner, that's why they're high up on my list.
At number seven, I've got Remington Parkview Golf Club Upper, right? Remington Parkview has two courses, the upper course and the valley course. But the upper course comes in at number seven. It's 5,938 yards. It's an 18-hole par 71. For length, I gave it a three because it's got some very difficult-to-reach dog legs to get to the apex. And sometimes it's very long, so beginners can find themselves blocked out on the second shot and then not knowing what the layup distance is in order to get themselves in position to attack the green. That can be very daunting and very disturbing for a lot of beginners. Hazards, I gave it a three. It's got some tight fairways, and of course, there's a lot of tree trouble. When you have tight fairways and trees, you can get in trouble, but it's not overly brutal because you can play this course relatively safe in a lot of cases and it doesn't affect you that much so i gave it a three variety i gave it a two it's got a couple of nice short par fours but that's about it outside of that it's a very straightforward course a couple of dog legs mostly straight holes everything's in front of you it really is no surprises for the first hole, I gave it a four. Basically, everything about the first hole is fair, except that it is a bit long. So if you don't hit a good tee shot, you're going to find yourself an ex with an extremely long second shot into the green. And that can be a tough way to start. But outside of that, if you hit a half-decent drive, you should be okay with your first hole at the upper course, Remington Park View. And for cost, I gave it a three. It's a fair price for what you get. Value to price is bang on. If you can get a deal on this course, which pops up quite often on, say, under par, it's an, an extremely good value. You can bump it up to a five if you get it on under par for a good price. But at its standard pricing, it's a fair price for the experience. At number six, I've got Flemington Park Golf Course. Now, this is a 2,605-yard, nine-hole par 36. For length, I gave it a five. It is perfect for beginners. The distance-wise, perfect. There are no extremely long par fours. The par threes are a good mix of distances, but nothing too extreme. You've got a couple of par fours that have risk reward potential. You can go driver and even as a beginner, you could get it pretty close to the green because they're relatively short. Distances are well thought out at Flemington for every level of player. Hazards, I gave it a three primarily because it's got a number of forced carries and a couple of blind shots, and that's about it. But outside of that, it's a relatively open course, relatively wide. Most beginners would find it basically enjoyable to play. For variety, I gave it a four. It's got some wild holes on it, some really cool holes, cool designs, elevated greens. Like, it's a really cool design. The only reason I gave it a four and not a five is because it's just a nine-hole course. That's the only that's the only issue. I wish it was 18 holes of that, you know, very design they came up with. But as far as nine-hole courses go, you can't really find anything better when it comes to the variety of holes available. Its first hole, I gave it a two. And <laughs> the primary reason for this, even though the first hole is easy, it's relatively open. It even has a free drop in the fairway if you hit it left onto this like banked hill. There's a lot of things going forward, except that where you tee off is directly beside their like picnic area. Okay. So they have a very basic, you know, walk up kiosk for food, coffee, what have you. And then they have an area that's just outside the clubhouse with a, with a number of benches and seating and such that is parallel to where you tee off. So even in the early morning rounds, I've teed off there and had six, seven people, you know, having coffee, chatting, 
having a sandwich or something, having a muffin, watching you intently as you tee off. It literally feels like they're a gallery paying to watch you fail. So that's really daunting for beginners. I remember the first couple of times I played there, I, I looked to my left and thought, this is crazy. I can't believe they put this right here. And all you're thinking is make clean contact, make clean contact, make clean contact. Like that's a brutal way to start your day. But outside of that, the rest of the course is, is a lot of fun to play. So if you can get past that first shot, everything else goes smoothly. Amenities, I gave it a four. It's got pretty much everything you need. It's got everything you require. And cost, I gave it a two. Again, it's a relatively competitive cost. It's generally $40 for your first nine, $20 if you want to do 18. But that's not cheap when you realize you're playing two nines. It's that same similar situation that we have with Markham Green, where if it was, say, 50 bucks for 18 holes, that'd be a pretty good deal. But at 60, there are other courses on this list that provide 18 holes that fall in around that price or sometimes even less. And that's why I had to give it a two. At number five, I've got Tam O'Shanter Golf Course. And this is actually one of my personal favorite courses in the city. It's 5,542 yards. It's an 18-hole par 72. For length, I gave it a five. Just like Flemington, it's got perfect beginner distances. Everything is sort of laid out proper for the average beginner to have a fair opportunity to get par on every single hole. For hazards, I gave it a two. There's a fair number of force carries, and there's a lot of tough angles in this course. The layout kind of presents you with these very difficult angles and difficult points of reference as to how far you should hit it, which club you should use, where you should be targeting. Until you've played this course a few times, it can be very tricky for the average beginner. For variety, I gave it a four. I like everything about this course variety-wise. There's a lot of kind of wild holes on it. The only thing it really lacks is that one short par four that tempts you to take out the driver and maybe try and go for it. That's the only thing it really lacks. If it had that, it'd be a five for me. The first hole, I gave it a three. And the reason being, it's not too long, but it has a forced carry within sight of really the the clubhouse and the uh, starter area. So you're not up close and personal like you are at Flemington, but having that forced carry in front of you adds that a little bit of additional anxiety that you've got to make good contact or you end up in the shit. So that's why I gave it a three. For amenities, I gave it a four. It's got everything required, but doesn't go above and beyond. And for cost, I gave it a three. It's a fair price for, for what you get. Generally, depending on time of day, you're using, you're using somewhere between 50, 60 bucks for 18 holes at Tamil Shanter. So it's a totally fair price for the experience. At number four, I've got Remington Parkview, the second course, the Valley course. It's 5,441 yards. It's an 18-hole par 72. For length, I gave it a five. It's got perfect beginner distances, right? The distances are well thought out on the Valley course. For hazards, I gave it a two. There's a lot of force carries and some tough layups on this course. There's, you really got to know your distances. And for beginners, I mean, knowing their distances is one thing. Hitting those distances is just quite another. So that's why it only it gets a, a low number in hazards. For variety, I gave it a five. It's got some really cool holes on the Valley course. It has pretty much everything you'd want to see as a beginner on a golf course. So it gets a full five points for variety. First hole, I gave it a three. 
Now, it's a relatively easy hole, but it is quite close to the clubhouse. So on busier days, you will have a bit of a an audience. They're far enough away that it doesn't get your heart racing like it does at Flemington, but you can feel them watching you. So that does come into effect. For amenities, I gave it a three because it's got the no-hitting bays, right? Same as before. And for cost, I gave it a three. It's a fair price for the experience. You're not paying too much. You're not paying too little. At number three, I've got Humber Valley Golf Course. And for me personally, I'm not a big fan of this course, okay? I, I'm not, but part of that comes into the into effect in that I find it a bit easy now for my skill set, which is the opposite for beginners. That's exactly what you want. It's 5,155 yards. It's an 18-hole par 70 course. For length, I gave it a four because it's got a couple of long par fives and maybe a long par three that can be a little tough for beginners. For hazards, I gave it a five. Okay, this is why I'm not a big fan of Humber Valley. There's no force carries. It's wide open. Very few hazards actually come into play. You can just hit away and not really worry too much on the majority of the holes at Humber Valley. Now, as a bogey golfer, slightly actually slightly better than bogey golfer now, I actually like to have to think my way around a course a bit. I like there to be a little bit of trouble. I like to be pressured at times. But for total beginners, Humber Valley is perfect because even beginners can smash their way around this course, just hack their way around it and not lose too many balls. So I give the full five points. For variety, I gave it a two. It's a very straightforward layout. There's little in the way of overly interesting holes here. There's some interesting contour to some of the like fairways or or light rough area, but outside of that, it's a very basic course. For first hole, I gave it a three. And the reason I did this is because it's got a relatively wide fairway, but it's got some serious trouble on the right. It's one of the only holes that has really uh, like a real major danger area. Like it's got out of bounds on the right because it runs alongside the road that comes into the golf course. And on the left, it's got a fair number of trees that can block you out in your second shot. So I gave it a three. It's a little tougher of a hole than you'd expect for a course that's relatively easy. For amenities, I gave it a four. It's got pretty much everything you need, but it doesn't go above and beyond. And for cost, I gave it a three. It's fair for the experience, especially for a beginner, because most beginners will finish their day having enjoyed their round of golf because they wouldn't have got too frustrated at Humber Valley. And that's one of the things you want to look for when you're starting out. At number two, I've got my personal favorite course in the city, Scarlet Woods Golf Course. It's a 3,749-yard, 18-hole, par 61 course. Okay, for length, I gave it a four and it would have gotten a five, except there's no par fives on this course. Okay, you don't get to play a, play a par five. It's just par threes and par fours. Now, for beginners, that can be a bonus because sometimes par fives are the most difficult hole for beginners to get through, depending on how the par five is laid out and depending on how their ball striking is that day. It can be a very daunting experience to see a long par five in front of you. But once you've got your ball striking going, not having a par five, at least one par five, on the course to play is a little bit of a letdown, and that's why it doesn't get full marks. For hazards, I gave it a three, and this is because it's a relatively tight course, and there's a lot of trees involved. Okay, some of the holes I make perfect, I mean perfect contact with tee shots, and I still catch like an overhanging tree branch that's overhanging the fairway, right? It's, it's not like I 
hit it left or hit it right or sliced it. I hit a perfectly straight shot. I just happen to hit it a bit too high and I catch a, a branch and it prevents me from finding the green. So there's a lot of tree trouble. You've got to be able to shape certain shots here. So that comes into effect and that's why you get a three. For variety, I gave it a three. It's got some interesting dog legs. It's got some pretty cool risk reward holes, but again, it's not the longest course. There's a lot of par threes. There's only so much you can do with par threes. So you don't get the wild variety you get with some of these full-size courses. For the first hole, I gave it a four. Okay. It's relatively short. It's got minimal hazards. The only issue I have with the first hole is that the starter is right there. Okay. Where you greet the starter to start your round, it's adjacent to the first hole. And the waiting area is on the back of the first hole. So if it's a busy day, you're going to have people watching you. They'll be behind you. They won't be your sight line, but you'll know they're there. So that's the only reason why I had to dock it. A mark. For amenities, I gave it a four. It's got everything required. It's got the hitting bays. It's got chipping area. It's got putting area. It's got just everything you need, but it doesn't go above and beyond. And then for cost, I gave it a five. This is the best price for 18 holes especially if you're working on your handicap because Scarlet Woods, even though it's a par 61, is listed on the World Handicap System for Canada. So it's my favorite place to go, play for three hours and get a handicap qualified round in. And it's very inexpensive, right? You're looking at around 40 bucks, $40 for full 18 holes. So it's kind of hard to beat, right? That's less than most simulators are in the city for an hour. And at number one, and it's funny, when I started this comparison, I didn't expect this course to actually rank so high. I really didn't. But at number one, it's Centennial Park Golf Center. And it's kind of interesting. It did rank so high because this is really where I started playing golf. This is the first course I played on when I got serious about golf. And by fluke, it's probably the best course for a beginner to play on in Toronto. Now, unlike the usual nine-hole or 18-hole layout, it's got three uh, nine-hole courses on it. So it's got a 1,774-yard nine-hole par 30. That's the east course. It's got a 1,828-yard nine-hole par 30. That's the west. And it's got a 1,681-yard nine-hole par 30 north course. When you go play 18 holes, you're going to get a combination of the two, right? No matter the combination, these rankings kind of work out. So at number one, length, I gave it a four. Got no par fives. That's why. Same issue that Scarlet Woods has. It's got great lengths for beginners, but because there's a par five, you don't get the par five experience. For hazards, I gave it a three, and primarily because there's a lot of fescue at Centennial. That's the real hazard there. It's got a little bit of water. Of course, it's got bunkers. It's got, it's got a little bit of trees, but the real issue is fescue. And personally, I hate fescue because it, it eats balls, right? You could see exactly where your ball landed, but if it settles down in the fescue, you're not finding it. So that's why it gets a three. For variety, I gave it a four, and it's got some interesting holes, but this is really because it's got three nines, because you could play there three times and get three totally unique experiences, and that's kind of what I really love about Centennial, 
It gives you a chance to play a lot of different holes without having to go to different courses and learn entirely different layouts. You can sort of build your game at Centennial and get a feel for a lot of different hole types. The first hole, no matter what it is, whether you play it east, west, or north, I gave it a five. All of those holes are far away from the clubhouse, and they're all relatively easy. The most difficult of the three would be north, to be honest, and even that hole isn't really that hard. None of them have serious trouble. You just got to make your way out to wherever you're starting your round, and the only people that may see you is the one group behind you, and, and that's about it, really. I mean, that's it. So they've got great starting holes. Amenities, I gave it a five. It has pretty much the best practice area in Toronto. I actually go there and I'll spend two hours just using their practice area, just using their putting green, chipping area, and driving range. Full-size driving range, not just hitting base, full-size driving range. So, I mean, the amenities are, are fantastic for beginners at Centennial. And the cost, I gave it a four, right? The cost was almost a five. It's an inexpensive place to play. The only reason I gave it a four is because depending on time of year, you get a very varied course ex- like condition experience at Centennial. Early in the season, it can be aerated, choppy, bad you know, tee boxes, especially late in the season. The tee boxes can get terrible. If it's- because of course condition, even though it's a great price, there are certain times of year where you feel like, man... I wish I kind of played somewhere else, maybe, because it varies. But even with that in in mind, it scored the highest, by far, of all the courses I've played at in Toronto. So it's the best course to learn the game on. So I also ranked the top three toughest courses on this list and the top three easiest courses on this list. So the top three toughest courses are Don Valley, Royal Woodbine, and Markham Green. The three easiest courses are Humber Valley, Flemington Park, and Scarlet Woods. So if all you want is to play an easy round, Humber Valley is number one on your list. If you want to play a quick, easy 18 holes, then Scarlet Woods. And if you want just a quick nine hole hole, uh, round that's easy, Flemington Park. Then looking at the tough courses, if you want the greatest challenge possible, it's Don Valley by far. If you want a frustrating course for a beginner, it's Royal Woodbine. And if you want to be tested but for only nine holes, it's Markham Green. And that's my list of the top 10 golf courses in Toronto for beginners. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We appreciate the support as always. In case you missed it, we have a newsletter coming out this August. And it's written by our resident funny man, so you know it's going to be fun and engaging. Justin, tell us more about it. Thanks, Nee. In this letter, I tell you everything you need to know about last week's episode in the rundown section, included with links from Tuesday and Friday's episode, another section of what to come, and my favorite part is the media fun stuff. In that, I tell you which movies you could watch on various streaming platforms if you liked what we had to talk about. Listen, fans, because no sport is left behind, it's important to know what's been happening with the Pro Sports Podcasters. 
By signing up for the weekly newsletter, we will have you front row center for every interview and analytic discussion. So do yourself a favor and sign up. The link is in the show notes. Be part of the conversation and enjoy some of the fun. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters.